excited for you guys joining with us this morning, and we are in week five. Can y'all believe it? it's been five weeks already? We're in week five of our series entitled Ephesians, where we're just going through the book of Ephesians, uh, reading through the writings of Apostle Paul and just kind of breaking it down a little bit. And man, we've been having a great time in this series. And this past Wednesday was our first Wednesday service uh, where we talked about not cocky, but confident. So I would encourage you, you can go back, uh, that's recorded on the uh, Facebook page, you can go back and watch it there, or you can download our app, you can listen to the podcast there on Spotify as well, listen to that message, I pray that it will bless you and encourage you. And also, for any of our notes that we have on our sermons for Wednesdays or Sundays, you can download our app, New Life Church of Mobile, we have all sermon series notes there, we'll have dates, all things you need to know about what's going on at our church, download the app. Everything will be there for you. So just want to plug that before we get started. But like I said, we're in week five, week five of our series entitled Ephesians. And man, we've had some some great messages, and I'm excited about the one today. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. This is the subject title today. I am light. I am light. Not light like in weight, but light, like the light. (laughs) I am light. And I don't know, let me just do a survey, a quick survey. How many of you in your home, you like all the lights on? You like all the lights on. How many of you like the house kind of dark? <laughs> now see me, I like all the lights on. When I go in the room, I turn every single light on. I want, I want the house bright. I want it to be known that people are in the house. But it's so funny because it's always a struggle in a house about is it too many lights or is it not enough light? And I'm always of the, 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 the opinion, let's turn all the lights on. Let's make sure everybody knows we're in there. But Camden, when she watches movies, Camden likes to turn every single light off in the house. She wants to feel like she's in the movie theaters. And so it's so hilarious watching it. She wants to turn the outside lights off. She wants to turn everything off. She wants to unplug the microwave. She don't want any lights on because she wants it to be pitch black. But there's so many things about the light and dark. This, it's always find it funny when you go to different people's houses, how they feel about light. Sometimes you're like, man, I can't even see y'all. But, uh, but I, I know I hear voices, but I don't, I don't see y'all. But light and dark. We're talking about I am light today. I am dark. My mom used to always tell me this. She used to always say that nothing good happens after 12 a.m. Y'all ever heard that before? My mom used to always say nothing good happens after 12 a.m. because bad things happen in the dark. Bad things happen in the dark. You know, the dark is just a place where you do things in secret. The dark is just a place where you do bad things in secret, the things that you don't want anyone else to know about. So you wait till nighttime or you wait until it's dark. And our youth pastor, he used to have this saying, and he even preached a message on this. He said, late nights, strange friends, and dark places. Late nights, strange friends, and dark places is a recipe for disaster. Late nights, strange friends in dark places, usually when bad things happen. And I started thinking about that. I said, man, is he more right? Especially when you get to doing stuff you're not supposed to be doing, it's usually at the night, at nighttime, right? And this was, I was reminded of a story thinking about this. I was like, man, what's a good illustration of this? And I remember uh, I was about 13 maybe, and uh, my baseball team, we were a travel team, and we were playing in Pensacola, matter of fact. We were playing at Pensacola Beach. And um, so we're playing there, and during the day, the way that our 
the where we were living, the, the hotels or the resorts, whatever it was, they were all beachfront. So everything was on the beach. But the way that it was made is like everything was outside. So it wasn't like an enclosed resort or enclosed um, hotel where you have to go up elevators. Everything was, everything was outside. And like you could walk in distance to the beach. So during the day, we would literally have hundreds and hundreds of balloons that we would go into each other's rooms, we would fill up balloons, and we would have water fights when we weren't playing. And it got so bad that the neighbors and all the people that, uh, that were staying at the resort, they went to management, and they complained, and they said, hey, these kids are terrorizing the place. We're here on vacation, but they're having these water balloon fights. So they came to our parents, and they're like, hey, you, you're going to have to get your kids. Y'all have to get them under control. They got to stop having water balloon fights, or we're going to have to ask y'all to leave. So that was during the daytime. So you know what we did? Let's wait till nighttime. <laughs> Let's wait till nighttime where they can't see us. So we just moved the location to nighttime. So we started throwing water balloons and having fun at night. And I don't know if you've ever been to the beach at night before, but it's really dark. Like you can barely see in front of you. So we were walking along the beach, and one of my teammates, he had a balloon launcher. And we were walking on the beach, and we could notice that other teams like their hotels or where the condos, wherever they were staying, we could see the other teams on the balconies. So guess what we did? We took those balloon launchers and we started shooting balloons and hitting everybody on balconies and we were doing all types of stuff in the dark. Bad things happen in the dark. But a funny thing happened, we decided let's have a water balloon fight on the beach. So it's pitch black, you can't see. And so at the time it was only about, three or four of us that were all, uh, black on the team. So, you know, the beach is dark. Our skin is dark. We decided, let's take off our shirts, because two of us ended up on the same team, and uh, the other two on the other team. And we was like, well, let's just take off our shirts. And so we took off our shirts, and we started hitting them. And we were literally right in front of our teammates, and like, where are they? We can't see them. We can't see them. Where are they? And we, we had a good laugh about that, but it was in the dark. And the thing is, you can't see in the dark. Bad things happen in the dark. But praise God that God has called us to live in the light. Amen. Amen. Say, I am light. I am light. We no longer have to live in the dark, but God has called all of us out to live in the light. And I want to read this verse in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have, have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. Verse 9, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. Verse 13, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. The light, y'all. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you what? Light. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for today and another opportunity to come before you. Open up our hearts to receive you today and to expose the light in every area of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I am light. And that passage that we just read, I love that because children of the light, you know what they want to do? They want to be seen. 
Children of the light, they want to be not only seen, but they want God to see them, and they want, they want to be seen by God. When you're walking in the light, you want God to see you, but also you want God, you, you want God to see you, but you want to be seen by him. You want him to speak words of life over you. You want him to encourage you, but that only happens when you walk in the light. And today, I'm going to talk about six things that the light changes inside of us. When we step into the light, it's certain things that change about us when we begin to walk into the light of the Lord. When we make a decision to walk in the light. Now, walking in the light is something you have to make a decision to do. Because it's so easy just to, like I said, well, I'm going to just keep it on the down low. I'm going to creep around. TLC had a song called Creep back in the day. And it's easy to do those things and to just, I'm going to do it in secret. I'm going to just do it when no one else is watching. But when you make a decision to walk in the light, things begin to change. There are certain things that begin to change. And we're going to highlight six things today that begin to change when we walk in the light. Amen? So the first thing that, if, uh, that changes when we walk in the light is this. The light changes our mind. The, the light changes our mind. That's the first thing. It's going to be six things we're talking about today. The first one is the light changes our mind. When we walk in the light, we move from ignorant to enlightened. When we walk in the light, we move from ignorant to enlightened. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, it says, With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. They are hopelessly confused. When you live in the dark, you just don't know. Just think about when you were deprived and you lived in the dark. There was just certain things about God you had no clue about. You were just living in the dark. When you live in the dark, it means that you don't know about faith. It means that you don't know how to pray. You don't know about eternity. Your thoughts are dark. You just don't know what you're doing because you're in the dark. Your mind is in a place of darkness where there is no light, so you don't know the word or you don't know the truth of the word because everything in your mind is, is dark, you're confused, you're in the darkness. But when you illuminate the light of the, of the word and the truth of the word, it begins to light up certain things in your mind, and then your thoughts begin to change. Your, your worldviews begin to change. All these things begin to change when you step into the light. If you find yourself frustrated with God or confused with God, you have to ask God to renew your mind with his word to gain understanding and knowledge. If there's any area of your life where there's confusion or there, there's frustration, I would just say ask God to illuminate his word so his word can become truth to you, so it can open up your mind so you can walk in the light in that area. You know, sometimes it's just that it's not that, 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 uh, that you have mean intentions. It's just sometimes you just don't know. And if you don't know the word, you don't know what to stand on. If you don't know scripture, you don't know God's truth. And when you get in God's truth, it begins to open up your mind to the light, and you step out of darkness and into the light. It's nothing like what, like you could be in a room that you've known before, but when you're in the dark, it's kind of hard to move around. But as soon as you turn on the light, you can move around quite easily because you can see. That's what the word does. It's like walking around life with, in the dark. It's like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. But as soon as you turn on the light, guess what? You can see because you're in God's truth now. That's what he does when we step into God's word. He opens up our minds so our mind can go from darkness into the light and we can get out of place of utter confusion. I don't know about you, but I hate being confused. When I can't figure something out, it drives me crazy. 
I love to do different things, and I love to fix on things, and tomorrow I'll tell you when I can't figure it out, I will stay there until I figure it out. If, we, if, if that means I have to take an extra 30 minutes, we're going to take an extra 30 minutes because I have to figure it out. But that's just how I'm wired. It's like I, I, I just need to figure it out because I hate being in the dark. I hate being confused. But some of us, we walk around in our minds hopelessly confused and allowing the enemy to torment us because we don't step into the light. The mind will always be confused if I constantly ignore and reject the truth of God's word and stay in the dark. The way, the way that I walk in the light is being obedient to God's word. If you want your mind to be renewed and walk into the light of God's word, be obedient to it. Obey what it says. When you begin to put God's word into practice and you obey what it says, I'm telling you, the light will come on. And every area of darkness in your mind will eventually come into the light because you're walking in obedience to what God's word says. But the moment I reject God's word, what I'm saying is I want my mind to be in darkness. I want my thoughts to remain in darkness because I reject the truth of God's word. But the moment I receive God's word and I obey it, guess what? The light comes on. And then my mind is illuminated and I move from ignorance to enlightened because I'm enlightened to the truth of the word of God. The light. So the light, the first thing it does is it changes our mind. The second thing it does is the light changes our hearts. It changes our hearts. The light exposes things in our heart. Help us, God. When we step into the light and it changes our heart, we move from hardened to open. We move from hardened to open. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they are closed, because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. To harden your heart against God simply means that you refuse to believe. When I harden my heart against God, that means I refuse to believe what he spoke over me. That means I, I, I refuse to believe his word. And when I do that, I begin, my heart, begins get to, my heart uh, get, becomes hard to the things of God. That's when I can get in God's presence and worship can go on and I don't feel anything because I, I hardened my heart towards it. I refused it. I've rejected it. And when you begin to reject God's word, and you begin to reject God's truth and God's presence, eventually your heart will, become, will, will not be open. It will become hardened, and it will be closed to the truth of the gospel. Some people go so far rejecting God's truth that they find themselves, how did I get in this place where I'm so far away from God where I no longer hear this voice? It's because you harden your heart. You, not only did you harden your heart, you hardened your heart to the truth. It's like we have to make sure that our heart is open to the truth of the word of God. So how do I change my heart? When I step into the light, I say, God, I want to receive your truth. But the moment that I close my heart to it, that means that, man, I'm in a place of darkness and my heart is hard. Another thing about our hearts is this, is that, that our hearts, they have secrets. Our sins will be exposed either here on earth or in heaven. And it's only by God's mercy that he exposed our sin here on earth because that means we still have time to repent. Did y'all realize that all of our heart's intents, all of our heart's desires, all the sin inside of our heart, it will be exposed. But what a blessing. What the, by the mercy of God that those things are exposed by the light here on earth instead of us standing before him on the judgment day and he exposes our sin for all. As long as you have breath in your body, guess what? You have time to put your heart in the light. Amen.
There's always time, as long as you have breath in your body, to walk into the light. And I thank God that he's merciful, that he's so patient, he's so kind with us to get it right and says, you know what? You don't have to walk in the darkness anymore. Just step into the light. Just expose those areas in your heart because all of us have heart issues. But what we do is we try to hold our heart issues inside. Well, maybe if I just don't talk to anybody, they won't see that I'm angry. Well, if I, if I just hold it in and I won't talk to anybody, they won't see that I'm upset or I'm, I'm disappointed or I'll just hold it in. But, no, those are things inside of your heart that you hold them in so long. It's like, no, God is saying, bring it to the light. Expose those things and receive your healing. Because what I love about God is when you bring the things, the issues inside of your heart and you bring it to the light, not only do you expose them, but you receive healing in return. So a lot of the heart ailments that we have, we can receive the healing that we so desperately desire if we just bring it to the light. When you bring those things to the light, the light changes your heart. Amen. It moves my heart and it makes it tender. It makes my heart compassionate. And I begin to have a tender heart and a compassionate heart for the things of God. But as long as I stay in the dark and I allow my heart not and I not uh, address the heart issues that I have, my heart will always be hardened and I will never be tender or compassionate towards the things of God. You want a tender heart for God? Expose your heart to God. God, here's my heart. Have your way. Do surgery in my heart. Remove all these things in my heart. And when you move, do that, you move into a place of the light and your heart becomes tender to the things of God. Well, then you can hear a song or certain words of a, of a song and it could just bring you to tears. Why is that? Because your heart is open. Your heart has become tender. But as long as your heart is hard, God's presence, God's word will always, you'll reject it. Walk into the light so God can open your heart. Amen? That's the second thing. The light, it changes our heart. The third thing the light changes is it changes our speech. It changes our speech. And some of us, boy, we need help with this. Help us with our speech, Lord. Whatever is in your heart will come out of your mouth. And when we walk into the light in our speech, we move from destructive to constructive. Ephesians 4, verse 25 through 27. So stop telling lies. That's pretty clear. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body, and don't sin by letting your anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. That first, verse 25, stop telling lies. I think that's pretty clear. What is a lie? A lie is anything that you exaggerate the truth to make it better. Something happened, the fish was this big, but ooh, that fish was this big, I caught it's like you, anything that you exaggerate or you twist the truth to get the result that you desire. Sometimes people lie because they don't want to get in trouble. So I'm going to just tell this part because I don't want to get in trouble. You just make something up and you don't even know why you made it up. You just lying for no reason. And there are people like that. It's like, you know, boy, I know you lying. You just sitting there lying for no reason. Just telling lies. You don't even, I don't even know why I'm doing it. It's because our heart is in darkness. Or sometimes you ever told a lie so much that you, you, you believed it yourself. You thought it was the truth. I remember there was a, a friend, a neighborhood friend of mine, when we were growing up, we were really close friends, and we always told each other that we were, everybody, that we were cousins. And we said it so much that eventually I started believing this is my cousin. I'm like, wait a minute, he's not my cousin at all. But I said it so much that I just started to believe that he really was my cousin. And I know that's silly, but there are so many things that we'll tell a lie so much, we'll start to believe it's the truth. 
And that's the thing about a lie. It seems like the truth until the truth comes in and exposes that. But that's why I said stop telling lies. Stop telling lies. The mouth is a good indicator of where your heart is. Your mouth is a good indicator. You know, I could tell a lot about where your heart is just by the words that come out of your mouth. If your mouth is honest, your heart is honest. If your mouth is deceitful, your heart is deceitful. If your mouth is destructive, your heart is destructive. Don't let anger control you. I love it said that in verse. Don't let anger control of you. Control you. Sometimes we have so much uh, pent up frustration and anger inside of our heart that it just flows out of our mouth, and we and our words become destructive. And you know, words are the one thing that you can't get back. Once they go out of those that, those lips, you can't get them back. I know they say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Nobody ever told you the right words then. <laughs> because words do hurt, and they can cut you deeply. But we have to be so careful of the things and the speech and the words that come out of our mouth because the word says that there's power and death, and um, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. You have the power to speak life or death over your life and over your situation. Did you know that? The person that holds the key to life and death over your life is you. It's by your words. So that's why we have to make sure that our words, or we're coming to the light so that our speech and in our mouth, that the words that come out of our mouth, they're life-giving and not destructive. You know, there's nothing, be, to, there's nothing more uh, joyful and encouraging to be in a person that always has life-giving words. Think about a person that you know when you get around them, you're going to be encouraged. And the reason you're going to be encouraged because their words are life-giving. But then I promise you could probably think about a person that you don't like go around them because they're always negative. Everything is negative around them. Well, you heard about such and such. I mean to tell you, I don't know what's going on with this world. And, and, and everything is negative. You try to talk about something positive, they have a way to turn it negative. What is that? That's destructive words. That's the condition of the heart. But when we come into the light and we allow the Lord to, to, to take our speech and transform our speech, and we no longer let anger and lies control us, but we step into the truth of the God's word, guess what? Our speech begins to change. You know the best way to break lying is to tell the truth. Tell the truth. If you lied to someone and you know you lied, go back to them and say, you know what? I know I told you this, but this is the truth. You start to do that, guess what? People, they won't look at you funny. They'll respect you for you telling the truth. But then also what it does is you hold yourself accountable, and then you realize, man, if I start holding myself accountable about the truth, then I'm, I'm going to stop telling lies because I don't want to keep having to go back to people and telling them I lied. <laughs> you say, man, is it really worth lying and going back to tell them that I lied? No, I just need to go ahead and tell the truth. And you, know, so you just need to make a practice of telling the truth. Sometimes when, it, when it's coming out, I remember there was a story of a, uh, a guy that I know, he was, he was tired, it was late at night, and he was speeding. And he ran a red light, and the police pulled him over. And the cop pulled him over, he said, you know why I put you over? He's like, because I ran that red light. And he's like, well, why'd you do that? He's like, I was tired and I was ready to go home. And he said, the cop looked at him crazy, like, because he thought he was going to lie to him. But he said, no, I ran the red light, I know I did. I know I was speeding. And he said, the cop let him go. Now, I wouldn't advise speeding and just telling the truth because you, you, it might not work in their favor that way. But what I'm saying is he just made a practice of telling the truth. And when you make a practice of telling the truth, I promise you, situations that you thought would turn out bad will actually turn out in your favor because you told the truth. 
And there are consequences when we, for our actions. So I will say, tell the truth, y'all. Stop telling lies. I'm not calling you a liar. All I'm saying is stop telling lies. That's what the word says. That's not me. That's not Pastor Mario. That's what the word says. Tell the truth. Amen. Amen. The light changes our speech. Fourth thing, the light changes. The light changes our desires. The light changes our desires. These are the things that we we want and we we feel like we need. When we step into the light, we move from self-seeking to God-pleasing. We move from self-seeking to God-pleasing. You know, animals are very, uh, they don't care about anything or anybody but themselves. A dog only cares about himself. A lion only cares about his next meal. He don't care about how you feel about killing that impala. He's going to eat it because he's hungry. (laughs) Animals only care about themselves. And the crazy thing about us is that we were born with that same animalistic instinct. Well, our natural instinct is to only care about ourselves. By nature, we're selfish. To us, to the core, if you leave yourself to your core, you only care about yourself. If there's one piece of cheesecake left, you're going to eat that piece of cheesecake because that's what you want. Why? Because we only think about ourselves. Naturally, that's our natural instincts, is to only think about ourselves. But let's read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature, that's that selfishness, that's that, that, that self-seeking, that self-pleasing. Throw off that old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes Verse 24, and put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Put on your new nature. See, there's a new nature in Christ that he wants us to put on. It's not like our sinful nature, our selfish nature. There's a new nature in Christ that says, I want you to put this new nature on where you're God-pleasing. And when you become God-pleasing, by, na- by, 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 uh, by instinct and by nature, what you will do is you'll begin to deny yourself. And when you begin to put on the new nature in Christ and you say, you know what, I want to be pleasing by God. I want to be pleasing to God. Then everything that you feel like you desire that's contrary to what God says, you immediately put it down. Because now you're not, God, you're not self-seeking, you're God-pleasing. And God, he begins to work on us and he begins to change our desires. All of us have desires. Some desires are good, some desires are bad. But we have to learn how to submit to our desires and control them and say, you know what, I'll put my desires on the altar, God. Lord, I lay down my selfish desires. I just want to be pleasing to you. And sometimes it's our desires what gets us in trouble. It's our desires because our flesh is constantly at war with our new nature in Christ. It's the war of our flesh and our fleshly desires versus what God wants us to do in our pursuit of more of him. Our flesh will always be at war with ourselves and what God wants us to do. I don't know if you figured that out yet. You want to read your Bible, but your flesh tells you, I'm tired. You want to pray, but your flesh says, Don't, go watch TV. You want to pray, or you want to do these. You want to see, I want to go to church, but you know I had a long week. I'm going to just stay in the bed and watch it online today. What is this? It's always, our flesh will always be at war with our spirit and what God wants us to do. 
So we have to step into the light and say, God, I'm, I'm exposing my desires. I gave you my desires. Give me the pleasing desires that are pleasing to you so I can be God-pleasing God and not self-seeking. When you step into that light and you allow God to change you, your desires will begin to change as well. You know, there's certain things in my life that I thought I would never stop desiring. But as soon as I stepped into the God's light, all those things that I felt like I needed, guess what? I don't even think about anymore. There's no longer a desire. There's no longer a, a, a change or anything that I don't want to go back to that stuff anymore. Why? Because God changed my desires. The only reason he changed them is because I stepped into the light. When you step into the light, there may be things that you're struggling with. There may be desires that you feel like you have. I promise you, if you step into the light of God's truth, he will change your desires. Amen? Amen. The light, it changes our desires. The fifth thing the light changes is this. It changes our actions. The light changes our actions. These are the things we do. This is our behavior. You know, we are all imperfect people on the same journey to sanctification. We are all imperfect people on the same journey to sanctification. And I know people love to say, oh, they, they, and they use that as an excuse. I'm not perfect. Yes, you're not perfect. And when God says, come as you are, and people like to say that too. Oh, the Bible says, just come as you are. Church says, come as you are. Yes, come as you are, but don't stay the same. Come as you are, but don't stay the same. God desires you to change. He desires you to change. And what is this? He desires for your actions to change. So, yes, we are all imperfect. Yes, we, we, there, we, we won't reach perfection. But guess what? We still strive to be perfect in Christ. Does that mean that, that, that there's this, this legalistic thing? No, that's not it at all. But when we strive to be more like God, then guess what? Our nature and our actions as a default will begin to change. Because you know what? I know that I'm imperfect, but I still, I desire, I, I will refuse to remain the same. I have to change. At every season of my life, I've made a decision I will get better. Yeah. Meaning better by getting more like Christ, not just better in myself, but being, becoming more and more like Christ. Because I want to walk into the light, and I want the light to change my actions. Yeah. The only way that my actions, can change, my actions can change is if I change as well. But you have to be willing and open to allow the Lord to change you. I was reading this this morning. I, I didn't even plan to, to um, add this, but I, I put this in the notes today because it was in the readings. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 3. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness, then are angry at the Lord. What is that? That's your actions. People do crazy, foolish things and ruin their lives, and then they get angry at God because of their own actions. And I read that, I said, how many times have I done something foolish and then blamed God for it? Well, God, you, if you know all, God, because you do know all, you should have stopped me. No, he gives you a will. And it's my will to submit my will to his and ask him to give me self-control so my actions can change. But as long as I go around making foolish decisions, that's on me. I'm destroying my own life with my own actions. But, I'm get, but I want to blame God for the decisions and the, and the consequences of those decisions. And it's like, no, no, no. God has called us to step into the light so he can change our actions. Amen? Amen. He desires us to change, not stay the same. And the reason this is so hard for some people is because some people, they have a faith and appreciation for who God is. But they lack a submission for what he asks. They have a faith and appreciation for who God is but they lack a submission or a desire to do what he says. You know, the demons, they believe in Jesus. They believe in God, but guess what? And tremble. But guess what that? They don't obey him. 
they don't obey him. They believe they don't obey him. And it's like some of us, that's what we do in certain areas of our life. We believe, but we don't obey. God is looking for a submission. And when you submit to God's light, guess what? Your actions will begin to change because you're being obedient to what his word says. And all this stuff, it ties together, y'all. It all comes together. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3. Let there be no sexual immorality. Let's, let's just stop right there. Paul picks on three sins and repeats them over and over again. One of them is sexual immorality. And I was looking at this. Sexual immorality comes from the Greek word porneia. What does that sound like? Yes. It comes from porneia. And what does porneia mean? It means any sexual relationship outside the definition of covenant marriage between a man and a woman. That's what sexual, sexual immorality is. Any sexual relationship outside the definition of covenant marriage between man and woman. So the reason when we do something sexual immoral outside of that definition is because, and we feel guilty and we feel the shame that comes with it, is because we're going against what God said. No wonder we feel guilty and we feel the shame. It's because we're going against what God has instituted in his covenant. And anything outside of that is against God, and you will always feel guilt and shame because you're going against it. When we step into the light, we realize that none of those things will make you happy. You know, the world has a way of glamorizing uh, sex, and sex, especially outside of marriage. They have a, you look at movies and television shows, they scandal and the TV, it's like there's all types of stuff out there. They'll glamorize that and they'll make it look so interesting and so exciting and so, ooh, this is amazing. Maybe if I could go find somebody in the bar, we can have a romance like that too. Now they got all types of Married at First Sight and Temptation Island and they got all these shows because what? They're trying to glamorize sex, but the world, in the world's eyes, because they're trying to feel good about what they're doing. All they, they're trying to make it normal because everybody can't help themselves. Like, well, since I can't help myself, it must be good because God wouldn't give me the desires if it wasn't for him. And that's not true. We must submit our desires and give it to the light. God doesn't desire for us. Think about this. God, why would God want you to live in bondage? Why would God want you to be struggling with something for years that you, he wants you to be free from? God wants all of us to be free from any ailment, and Paul, he specifically, specifically lays out sexual immorality. He highlights that and says, run from it. Don't, give a, don't even give an inch. Don't open the door for it. Run from it. In, in Psalms, it says, run from the youthful lust, uh, the youthful, youthful, uh, lust or the youthful, youthful pleasure. Run from it. Don't give a foothold to it because it, is, it always ends in destruction. It always ends in destructions. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 5, I'll read the, through 5. So let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place amongst God, God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, they are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. So how can we be saved, y'all? It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, the Holy Spirit empowers you to overcome your actions and your desires. Any temptation, 
any desire, any action that you feel like you can't get control of, tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to empower you that will, that, that will help you overcome those things. But also, the God also gives us relationships. Relationships are so important because relationships can hold us accountable. You know, you'll think twice about doing something if you know you have to be held accountable to somebody else. If, they, if you know somebody's going to ask you some tough questions, you'll say, I know, ooh, I know they're going to ask me if I did this or what I've been doing. So, you know, it's going to make you think twice. That's why people run for relationships in the church because they know they don't want to be held accountable. But relationships and accountability is there for our good. Yeah. It's not for harm. It's for our good. You know, when I stand up here before you, I know I have to look at y'all. So during the week when the enemy tries to tip me, I can't get up in front of here and then being a hypocrite. Because why? I'm going to get judged on that. But it holds me accountable. And we have to say, man, relationships are there to hold us accountable. And I thank God for the relationships in this building. And I will pray that everybody could find relationships that will hold them accountable. And they can say, you know what? I've been struggling with this. Can you pray for me? I've been, I've been dealing with this. Can you lift me up in prayer? What is that? That's accountability. And that's how you overcome the enemy in your actions. Amen? This is the last and final thing the light changes. The light changes our direction. It changes our directions, our direction. We move from being lost to missional, from being lost to missional. Ephesians 5, verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Purpose is a big reason that people struggle with God because they try to figure out, God, what's my purpose? God, what's my calling? God hadn't made it clear yet. I don't, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do with my life. It's, 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 it's this last one, it's direction. The biggest puzzler, like the mind puzzle or whatever you want to call it in this world is people trying to figure out direction. I need direction for my life. I'm at a crossroads. I, I feel like I need a change. I feel like I'm not being challenged. I feel like there's more to life than what I'm doing. What is that? You need direction. And when we step into the light, God begins to change the direction of our life. And if I find myself walking around aimlessly, that means that I have no direction. Also, it means I have no purpose. But when I begin to tap into purpose and find out, God, what is it that you want me to do? Then I, and I'm obedient to what God wants me to do. What it does is it begins to change the direction of my life. It, be it begins to change the course of my life when I walk in God's light and I allow him to direct my steps. It's very simple for God to direct your steps. You know how it is? Just to be obedient to what he speaks. So many times we'll go to God for prayer and then God will speak. But it's not what we want to hear. So we'll say, you know what, I'll just keep on moving. And trying to ignore what God already spoke. But just because you want to ignore it doesn't mean that the truth is going to change. You always have to go back. What did God originally speak? And what he spoke, am I walking in obedience to that? And, you know, you can go, God can speak something five years ago. That don't mean that it's changed That because you ignored it for five years. So five years have gone by. You know what you're going to have to do? Go back to what he spoke five years ago. Get in alignment with that. Be obedient to that. And then you will see the direction that he wants you to take. So what I've realized in my life is I have to be obedient the first time when God speaks to something and train myself to do it because it's not easy because I have desires and things that I want to do as well. But I have to submit those to God's plan. Yeah. 
And when I submit my desires and my will to God's plan, he gives me direction. The best way to get direction from God is go back to the first thing he spoke. And if you say, well, God didn't speak anything, keep seeking him until he does speak. And when he does speak, obey it. You start obeying God, guess what? You start realizing that your actions, your decision, and the direction of your life has changed, and now you'll find yourself on the way to purpose. Simple instructions, direction, obeying God. That's what opens the door for direction. But when we stay in the dark, when we stay closed off to the truth, we reject God's direction. God says, I want you to step out and go talk to that person. Oh, I don't want to talk to them. I don't know what to say. Well, you never know. That could have been an open door for something that God had for you, but you rejected his direction. So guess what? Now you're on your own in the dark. God has a light that he wants to light. It's a path. His path is for you. He wants to light it up for you. You just have to follow his direction. Amen? Don't be confused in your direction of life. God wants to make it clear. You know, children of the darkness, they want to stay in the dark because they want to do things hidden, and they don't want everybody to see what they're doing. But when you're a child of the light, you want to come out of the darkness, and you say, God, I want your light to shine on every area of my life. I want your, your light to shine in my mind. I want your light to shine in my words, in my speech, in my actions, in my desires, in my, in my, in my uh, direction. Every area of my life, Lord, I want your light to shine. And I want to come out of darkness because I don't want these dark corners to, to be hidden and hold on to myself. And I'm gonna this is something I'm going to take to the grave. No, I, God, I want your light to come in and expose it here on earth so I have time to, to repent and run towards you. Amen? So I just want to close today like this. I just want everyone just to bow their heads and lift their hands, and I just want to pray. Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now that we're children of the light. The Lord, we desire to walk in the light of your truth, and I just thank you right now, Lord God, that every area of my life that is in the light, Lord, let there be no darkness inside of me, in my thoughts, Lord, in my speech, in my desires, in my motives, in my actions, in my direction, every area of my life, Lord. Let there not be anything of me that's self-seeking and self-pleasing, Lord. But I repent to you right now for any dark area, Lord. And I just pray that your light will come in and shine, Lord God, that it will expose the truth. I thank you for your light, that there's safety in your light. There's peace in your light. There's clarity in your light. There's provision in your light. There's healing in your light. There's restoration in your light. And I just thank you that each and every person here and watching online is walking in your light, Lord God. Thank you for the light of your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. You can slip your hands down and keep your eyes closed. And I just want to give one more invitation for prayer. And that's you that you're walking in darkness right now. You know that there's not any one area of your life that you're walking in the light of God's love, but you're in spiritual darkness where if you were to stand before God right now, you don't know if you would spend eternity in heaven or in hell. But I want to give you an opportunity today to come into God's light, to receive God's truth, to come out of spiritual darkness, to come in right relationship with him. If you're in here today, if you're watching online and you say, I want to come into the light. I want to come into right relationship with God. I want to be made right. I want my sins to be forgiven. If you're in the room, that's you. I just want you to lift your hand with no one looking around. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm just going to ask everyone just to do this, just to put your hand over your heart. 
and just repeat this after me. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your light, for your light is truth. And I thank you for exposing the truth today that I will come out of spiritual darkness and follow you. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of all of my sin. And I thank you that you're washing me and forgetting my past. Holy Spirit, empower me, strengthen me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give a hand clap for those that made the decision to follow Christ. If you made a decision to follow Christ, if you look in the seat in front of you, there's a card that says, I made a decision. Fill that out and drop it in on the bucket on the way out. And if you're online and you made that decision, just let us know by putting a comment in the comment section. Section We'll reach out to you throughout the week. But man, this was week five of our, our, chapter, our series of Ephesians, I Am Light. Let's all walk in the light today. And I know that God wants to speak a better word to you today. But if you're prepared to give and you're watching online, there's two ways you can give. You can go to our website, newlifemobile.org. There's a tab there on the homepage where you can give. Or you can download our app and you can give on our app as well. Well, we love you guys. We'll see you this uh, next Sunday uh, right here at the same time, 10 a.m. We love y'all. Y'all have a great week. Amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give tomorrow.